0: We are community. Hello, my name is Eric, your host of Our Black Gay Diaspora podcast. Today, I am joined by Z Sage, a Chicago based hip hop artist, songwriter, public speaker, and business owner. With a love of music that's been with her since early childhood, Z Sage released her first EP titled Versatility in February 2019. Z Sage is an up and coming talent who reached out to me on social media. I welcome her and very much look forward to hearing her professional and personal journey as an out artist in the music industry. How are you?
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for reaching out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, it's like you reminded me of me still realizing to expand my net of looking for creatives and talents and people within the Black LGBTQ plus community. You know, I mentioned in the intro that you're based in Chicago. Is that where you're from?
1: Yeah, born and raised. That's where I grew up.
0: Yeah, you're the third person I've interviewed from Chicago.
1: Really? Chicago's popular.
0: It's <laughs> Chicago. I like Chicago now. <laughs> I have a sis, one of my sisters. Actually, both of my sisters have been there. But one of them worked with a woman from there that she's really good friends with. We're from Phoenix. And they say they really like Chicago, especially because there's more of a a noticeable and influential Black presence in Chicago and Illinois.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: So Chicago native, I hear kind of a, I don't know if that's to my ear, like a Southern accent, am I wrong on that?
1: <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people say that uh, my mother was born in Mississippi, but she moved when she was really, really young, but still got it a little bit. Also, like, you know, Chicago, a lot of people came from Mississippi, so we got that Southern a little bit.
0: Yeah, that great migration that happened in the early 20th century. Yeah, I'm actually reading a book by Isabel Wilkerson about the great migration that happened that we haven't gotten enough recorded history on about how so many of us came from the South and went to the North, to Chicago, to New York, and to other cities like St. Louis, Missouri. It's great to hear your story and that, you know, you're from there, but your family's connection still to the South. It's
1: definitely like connected for all parts of the world. A lot of us come from the South because, like you mentioned earlier, the Great Migration just makes us one big diaspora, just like your podcast for sure, definitely.
0: I was just on your social media this morning. I'm not sure if it's a new song. It's 123 Go Bestie. Yeah. Okay, is that a new release?
1: That song came out February 9th, so it came out on my birthday this year. It's part of my album called Riots. It's newer. It's definitely a newer song. I've just been getting back out performing. I was doing a lot of Instagram things and social media stuff, but I'm finally getting back outside, you know.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations on the release of it. Thank you. You mentioned birthday. Are you early February or late?
1: Yeah, February 9th. my birthday. I'm an Aquarius.
0: A fellow Aquarius. I'm late January. I think most Aquarians I know that are in the industry are usually born in February.
1: But you know, like a lot of people that do the talking are January quitters.
0: Oh, are? Right. <laughs> <laughs> That's some new information for me. You know, when you reached out to me, I'll just share this with the audience. I had asked you your age, and that's not something I normally do, but the gift of having a lot of melanin, many of us look a lot younger than we are. So when you reached out to me, I was like, ooh, how old is she?
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. I get that out all the time, all the time. Everyone asks me how old I am. Even when I'm performing places, they're like, oh, how old are you? <laughs> Even the audience members sometimes are like, how old are you?
0: So yes, I'm not the only one.
1: No, you're not. It's not the first song.
0: To touch on or to get into your artistry as a performer, as a hip-hop artist, I know a lot of rappers write their own music. For you, is that connected to you studying music?
1: Definitely. I, I write all my own music. It's definitely connected to me listening to music my whole life. Mm-hmm. Just being around people that created music. I had gospel from my church aunties and my mom you know, took me to church all the time. And my uncle, he used to rap. I was always around music and then listening to it. I became a lover of music and just a creator.
0: Do these other genres influence your music or your artistry?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think sometimes the problem is if we only listen to hip hop music, we kind of get stuck. We're not able to transcend in the way that we really need to because we're only listening to one genre and trying to replicate that. I feel like we start to run out of topics and things to talk about when you start to listen to other genres, maybe. It's like when you listen to other things, you kind of get ideas. and like, okay, these are the topics they're talking about. Let me talk about this in my rap because that way I don't run out of things to talk about.
0: It makes me think of the Netflix special. Oh, Rhythm and Flow. Yeah, yeah. And another Chicago native was a judge too. Tense. Yeah, so when you talk about like how you listen to other types of music and how that helps you with your artistry, for me watching that series, those people that were rising up the ranks, I won't give anything away, I could see how they were also influenced and looked outside of the genre of hip-hop to influence their music.
1: I definitely watched Rhythm and Flow every week when it was coming on, along with the rap game, which is you know, a more Atlanta-based thing, and I spent some time in Atlanta as well. Oh, I see. I've watched both shows, and um, they really just helped me to expand my artistry in a way because I see some of the tasks and hurdles that they may have to go through. And sometimes they have to memorize, and they, they can't quite get it down. Or they have a show the next day, and they're working on their performance, and it's just not working out. So I have time to just sit back and work on the things that I need to work on, just based off some of the stuff that I see people fail at. Watching these type of shows help you to like take a step back and think in ways that you might not have thought about before.
0: When did you discover your love of music?
1: I've always loved music but I discovered my love for creation again when I was like 14, 15. I had a friend that was rapping and they were dropping the songs at the time and I just okay they can do it I can do it. With the help of my mother my very first verse. my mother helped me out with because someone um, at school was rapping and it was like one of my friends and I was like I want to do that. Mm-hmm. I came home Talking about it, my mom was like, do it.
0: Okay.
1: I mean, I didn't think it was that great at the time. I I was more of a singer back then, anyways. But I ended up coming back into it at around 14, 15. I didn't get serious again until about, mm, I want to say 2019, I dropped my first project. And then 2020, I dropped my first full length project. So I haven't really been into this for too long.
0: Yeah, but it sounds like the passion has always been there. Yeah. I was going to ask you about singing. So you mentioned that you sing too.
1: I'm more so like doing melodic rap. I can sing. I haven't really stepped into it fully, but I, I did used to sing when I was younger. Like I did sing a lot more as a child with my sister. We had started a YouTube channel and everything, but we just stopped. Okay. <laughs> Who I always think of is like Hill. Lauren Hill.
0: It's kind of difficult
1: Hill, to tell yeah. which one she really is. She just does both so well that it's hard to be like, she's a rapper but it's like she's a singer so you can't really categorize so that's someone to look up to as well queen latifah definitely too
0: so for you under the lgbtq plus umbrella how do you identify
1: i identify as a lesbian a queer you know sometimes
0: so i'm assuming that you're out in the music industry how is that for you at this point being an out lesbian in the music industry
1: I would say it's definitely easier. Sometimes it feels easier just to fetishize lesbians a lot of times. For example, like more masculine lesbians, men tend to oftentimes respect more as far as rapping goes. You'll hear a lot of men say that Younger May is their favorite female rapper or she's the best female rapper. It's oftentimes just due to the fact that men are reminded of themselves in a way. Like, masculine women, they give more respect and more praise just because of the masculinity behind it. So I think that's portion of it, just is hip-hop is, you know, is typically a male-dominated industry. As far as artists are concerned, I think it makes it a bit easier. Outside of that, I haven't really run into too many hurdles except for the fact that, like, as a female artist, I still get the treatment of, like, there's a sort of disrespect. Down to, like, when we get into clubs, just the the treatment is just a bit different.
0: So there's some progress still to be made in that.
1: There's a lot of progress to be made.
0: You mentioned fetishization. I know what that means, but are you able to share specifically?
1: Yeah, so think about a lot of the hip-hop songs you will hear right now on the radio. Say she's a lesbian girl, me too. Feeling like girls but it's a going to make a kiss, a gone kiss, a like. It's a lot of things of like, it's popularized for girls to be lesbians or men think that they have a chance.
0: So like catering to the fantasies of straight men. Yeah, yeah. When did you decide or realize that you wanted to pursue music professionally?
1: Definitely in my early teenage years. The last two years, I started to get serious with my music. I started to really feel like this is a reality because I started to do it more, stay consistent with it. And I started to garner attention, especially doing my remixes that I was doing. I started to get, Feedback even from the artists of the songs that I was remixing
0: I saw some of your remixes I listened to them on YouTube so it's great to hear that the artists are respecting you and appreciate what you're doing with their songs taking them in a different direction or a different place
1: definitely my most recent remix, Chloe Bailey liked it. I remixed one of her songs
0: in saying that you're in front right now, are you interested in also being behind the scenes and producing
1: my first project i produced all of my songs, produced all of my beats. Most post-production is done by me. I might get a beat from someone, but most of the times I'm doing all my mixing and stuff. That also goes back to what I think uh, I have sort of difficulties with sometimes as far as like being a woman, being LGBTQ+. Sometimes people like give you the bare minimum and like sometimes it's even subconscious, like they're not giving you everything that they could be giving you just because they don't respect you.
0: But with you having that knowledge and experience, you could say, ah, wait a minute.
1: Yeah. And most of the times when I say, wait a minute, I just start to do things myself. I see. If I have to say, wait a minute, I don't want your services
0: anymore. So again, just being a student of your craft, this is just me projecting. It's not just about the fame. It's, you know, knowing the business of music.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So as a songwriter, what inspires you?
1: Everything literally inspires me. Sometimes I'm just walking and then words just come into my head. Sometimes I'm consciously sitting down and I'm thinking about what I've gone through that day, that week, the past month, whatever is on my mind. If I hear a beat, sometimes I hear the words in the beat, even if they're not there. Like I can hear what's supposed to be said. So many things inspire me. Sometimes I got to go outside for a walk. Sometimes I can sit in my room and just look around at things. It just happens.
0: You sound like so many artists who I've seen of an interview when they not only perform, but they write or produce and things like that. It's like a symphony, I guess, you know, in your head, it seems like. Yeah. Do you walk around like with a notepad or me with writing or any ideas I have? I always have my notes thing on my phone, like write it down now.
1: I definitely have my phone with me handy. Sometimes I just memorize it and sometimes I just think about it. If I lose it, then I don't think it was good enough. And here's why. Because sometimes I just repeat it. And when I repeat it, I can sing it and then I'll catch my friend singing it or I'll catch my mom singing it and I've never wrote it down, never recorded it. It's an earworm. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of times when I try to put into my songs. you might catch yourself singing it and now you want to go back to the
0: song. That's a different way to look at it. That if I don't remember it, then probably it's not what it needs to be.
1: If you're supposed to remember, you won't forget it forever. It'll come back to you.
0: That's confirmation for me that anything that is creative or just is created, it's not just here. It's also in the heart.
1: Yeah.
0: As a songwriter, you talked about sharing parts of your life. But how do you decide what to share from your personal life in your music, in your lyrics?
1: A lot of the times I struggle with this one. I used to find myself nervous a lot to let people hear my music, Mm -hmm. more so like people that were close to me, because I think of it as sort of a diary. I was using censorship in my music, and that was prohibiting me from creating the best music that I could create. It's really an emotional release. It's really therapy. So I just write down anything from my life that I think someone can relate to. Yeah, I think
0: it was 2021. Mariah Carey did an interview with Oprah and one of her biggest hits She talked about what influenced it. It was a personal relationship. It's like you never know what is coming out of your life, where that's going to take you. As you said, who can relate to it? I know you mentioned types of music that influenced you. Were there certain artists that influenced you?
1: I definitely listened to a lot of the big three, Lil Wayne, Drake, and Nicki Minaj growing up. They were really, really popular. I'm still a kid at the time, really getting into vocabulary, and they were feeling these words and also using a lot of the literary devices that I was learning at the time. It was so amazing to me as a child. If you can amaze a child, then you can amaze anyone because the child and everyone comes out when you're using these tools, these literary devices in ways that they were using. So they really definitely inspired me. Mm.
0: And hearing you talk, I see lyrics. I can tell you're a writer. I can tell that you're aware of things beneath the surface. <laughs> yeah. Now, you're from the west side of Chicago. What sets apart the west side of Chicago? What makes west side of Chicago unique?
1: Hmm. I think the people. West side is often, like, less talked about than the south side just because it's smaller. I see. The west side has a different type of food and even, like, a different type of mouth. I was like, we got Uncle Remus, south side got Harold's. Like, it's different.
0: You said food. So what are unique types of food from the west side?
1: I was just saying, like, the type of mouth sauce that we have, it's a different type. It's a sauce on our food that it's a little bit different. One is sweeter. One is more tangy. Like, it's just depending on, like I said, we have Uncle Remus and the South Side has Harold. It's always a debate which one's better. As it comes down to people, I always go back to how the Black Panther Party started and they started on the West Side. The South Side always had more advantages, always had more resources, always had more things. So the West Side, having less, kind of wanted to build more for
0: themselves. So who were you growing up? You've talked about music, but what were some of your other passions?
1: I was really into math. I was like mathematician status. had like highest test scores in my school. And I ended up going to Whitney Young, which is the top school in Chicago. I don't know if you know about it, but a lot of people in Chicago would know about it. I spent a lot of time playing basketball, volleyball, softball, play a lot of sports. And this is gonna sound wild right now. I've never really liked reading class or like literature class, just because it was always trying to tell me how to think. I'm always trying to tell me what someone else meant, how I'm supposed to interpret something. And I just felt like that's baloney.
0: I'm in Atlanta visiting a friend here I used to work with years ago. He's an English teacher, high school English teacher. And we were having a debate or not a debate, a conversation last night because he was sharing that we have so many great American writers and so many great Black American writers, but there's still a resistance to teaching that in school. They want to revert back to Shakespeare and all the stuff that he's noticed as a teacher is that a lot of kids, you know, they don't relate to because the language is different. And it's not discounting that, but why aren't we focusing more on contemporary writers? It was literally a
1: requirement in my school, like I said, when was young, to take a British literature class. We, we read Shakespeare. We read Beowulf. We actually read Grendel, too. Like, we read a lot of British literature, and it just, what connection am I to have? We should be really reading lyrics to songs. For real, for real. But actually find the songs where they're really saying something. I'm not just saying any club banker because that's not what it is.
0: It's poetry. When I look at song lyrics, the way it's written even, it looks like poetry. It is poetry. A sonnet.
1: Everything. Rhyme schemes are definitely like very big. And sometimes people do back and forth. Sometimes people do everything rhymes. You can do it and make it interesting because we listen to songs all the time. And then a lot of times they would make songs out of our algebra equations and formulas that we were supposed to remember. I went to an inner city school and they would a lot of times make it into a song.
0: Connecting songwriting to you know what you were studying in school. You know, I was in Europe for two years and it really made me aware of how Eurocentric I really got what that meant for this country in particular and for Black people. How Most of the history we learn is from the continent of Europe when there's other continents, the continent of Africa, Asia, and we're not learning any of that history, any of that art.
1: By far, you know, Africa is the biggest continent. So it doesn't make any sense, honestly, (laughs) that we are focusing the majority of our time on continents that can fit in a continent we should be learning about all places. And um, I think that the world is trying to do that. Africa is definitely trying to bring their history specifically. Like I've seen some documentaries on Netflix or like docudramas or reality series or whatever you want to call it. They have one young black and rich or something. Young oh, black yeah, and yeah. famous I or the something like that. Yeah. yeah, I was watching a bit of it and they had like Johannesburg on there, which I, I want to say like Chicago can't touch. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> and I don't even mean to be mean to my city. It's just not touching over there. It couldn't.
0: But Chicago is influential in the way that Phoenix, as of yet, has not been, especially with Black folks.
1: I mean, as far as infrastructure, architecture, But I I was a fan, when I saw Johannesburg, Africa. Mm
0: -hmm. So, you know, you're out in your professional and your personal life as an out lesbian. When did you become aware of this part of yourself?
1: Towards, the end of my high school years. I started to be like, "Hmm." I mean, like all throughout life and throughout childhood, it was something that was sort of like an avoidant thing. And maybe like, maybe I'm tripping. Well, I grew up in a Christian church, Christian household as well. So it was a bit difficult. So I was just like, nah, I was like 18 and like more so away from like where I grew up. And that's when you can really create who you are, Hmm. create your own reality. So if my reality is Christianity and it's, very deeply ingrained for a lot of preachers to condemn and shun, Mm -hmm. then that's what you see and that's your reality. So you're going to be either really discontent or discontent. Honestly, I don't know.
0: With growing up in a religious household with Christianity, how was that in you accepting being a lesbian?
1: It's always actually been it is what it is. But at first it was like I don't know. Like, I'm not sure because I don't know how people are going to react. And then I just started living my life. It was never really a formal coming out story or anything like that. Just like, living my life and accept me or don't.
0: Have you been able to gain support from those that were in your life, like family or friends?
1: Yeah, I have support of like my entire family. There's no really anyone that's like, Turn their back on me. Thankfully, I mean, I don't have a story that a lot of people have. I still have the support of everyone that I've always had the support of, to my knowledge, at
0: least. When did you discover the LGBT community? Because that's a different thing, a different uh, road to walk.
1: (laughs) I think more so, like, I had friends going to Pride. This was in high school. I wasn't really going to Pride, but my pastor would always talk about it, like, and then they going to do it on a Sunday like y'all supposed to be in church and you know and stuff like that and I would hear you know a bit about it but when did I like start to participate I would say like 2019 I think I went to my first pride uh,
0: How was that seeing that community in large numbers
1: I would say that it was different I was seeing like the floats going around I was like oh this is kind of interesting this is kind of cool um unfortunately my first pride got rained out and then there were no more after that So,
0: Oh, yeah, Yeah, the pandemic.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So a lot of things for me, like right in the pandemic, like I started going to college and everything.
0: So something that we're still not fully acknowledging on a large public platform is the racism within the LGBT community. Being in Chicago, such a large city, is it easy to mingle within and outside of the mainstream community as a Black person?
1: Chicago is... One of the most diverse cities, but with that being said, it's also one of the most segregated cities. I think it's top three as well. So, like, we have what they call Boys Town, or they changed the name to Hosted something. I don't know what they changed it to. They changed it to be like more inclusive or something like that. But I just know, like, most things in Chicago, even like where we have pride at, some north side and the north side is not a predominantly black area. So, I would say that most of the communities are comprised of people that look like you. like, You have to go out of your way or travel to mingle. You have to definitely travel because within communities, it's not much of a mixture.
0: So is it easy with it being a segregated city to go somewhere where you're not the majority and feel comfortable?
1: I'll say personally, I belong in any room that I walk into. But I will say that sometimes you probably won't feel comfortable in some spaces unless they're really opening themselves up. But I think that goes with anything. You just have to be in the right spaces with the right people.
0: So with hip-hop, we know it's mainstream now and it's being consumed, I think, mostly by non-Black people. What has been the support for you within the LGBT community?
1: I've recently just started putting it everywhere and really rapping about it. Like As I've gotten a bit older, like more... Into it, but I've been starting to gain a little bit of support from the LGBTQ community. I've been tagging in my posts, and so just based off the tags that I put, or like rainbow on my bio or something, people come across it. And I mean, it doesn't really change perception too much. Like, people are just there. I mean, sometimes I get to argue you a boy or a girl from like some crazy haters sometimes, but like,
0: like trolls.
1: Sometimes I believe they are serious. I don't even think they plan. Like, sometimes I think they be for real.
0: They can wasting their time doing that, in my opinion.
1: <laughs> what is it going to change, regardless of what I answer?
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: It's not going to change anything, really.
0: Right, right. You know, hip hop is known for talking openly about sex and sexuality. With you being an out artist and out lesbian artist, have you had any pushback when you approach these subjects?
1: I don't want to say not yet because I don't want to have too much pushback, but I have not really run into too much pushback. I got a couple songs that I'm going to be dropping real soon that I'm sure that I'll probably, you know, hear some people say some things. My most recent project is the most, I would say, sexual I have been. Prior to this project, the only song I had was like with my male friend and he was like more so on the verse and doing most of the talking and I just had like a hook on there. So... To this project is going to render true for most of my feedback as far as like sexuality and as far as it's concerned.
0: I ask that because, well, I'll say for myself, first person, it can be uncomfortable for me, not because it's wrong. It's because I'm not used to hearing it. It's still, you know, that process of continually releasing the shame about just being myself. Straight people can openly and confidently talk about their sexuality, and most people don't really bat an eye. And so I'm still learning, like, no, it's important for us to talk about our sexuality. That's a part of who we are. And it's not wrong.
1: I think that's a good way to look at it, because I did have difficulties and I had like one producer and she was like, you got to get over that. And I think that's part of what took me so long to really get into releasing and creating that type of music just because how it was going to be received and not even just that, like my family always listened to my music first. And then sometimes. I don't want y'all to hear me say that regardless of what I was talking about. Like, even if it was some straight content, like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, I get that. (laughs) Yeah. We mentioned earlier that you have a YouTube channel. As an artist today, how important is social media to you getting your work out there?
1: Social media is so important. It's almost to the point where I dislike that. You have to be on Instagram. You have to be on TikTok. TikTok is like, the biggest thing that you have to be on right now. People can blow up overnight. Like YouTube is very important. You need somewhere where people can really like be able to listen and hear your music. Social media is one of the most important promotional tools that you can have in this day and age. You have to constantly create. People have to constantly see you constantly every day. It's not easy. It's an extra layer, something more that you have to do as an artist.
0: Now, being able to blow up overnight, is that synonymous with longevity?
1: I don't think that it is synonymous with longevity at all. I think that a lot of people that do blow up off TikTok, and I did say that with quotation marks, because a lot of the time they end up not putting up the numbers consistently, and they end up, you know, having a hit song, and then I don't want to name names at all. So they end up like, Going on stage and nobody's listening or vibing, and then maybe one or two songs people know because you didn't do that organic growth. And I think organic growth is really important. I don't want to blow up overnight. I don't want one song to be viral. And a lot of people do think that it takes that one. And I think it takes that one to give you attention to really make people, I say, pay attention to you. But you got to use that attention properly. Right. And if you don't use that attention properly, you're you're not gonna last. And also. It goes back down to creation. What are you creating? Do you create music that's going to last?
0: Yeah, when you talk about like blowing up overnight, because I've, I've seen that you do a lot of live performing, and I know a lot of artists, even today, they say that, you know, learning how to connect with your audience live is just as important because it takes your work to the next level.
1: Yeah. I just started live performing this year. The pandemic really shot aside into like everything. So I was doing a lot of actual Instagram live performance. I was going on lives with celebrities and seeing what they thought, seeing what their 2,000 viewers thought. I was getting on so many people's lives and just rapping and just gaining followers. That's how I got my following up to where it is currently, just doing lives and then live shows in real life. You know, you need practice because if you're gonna be doing tours, you need to practice performing. A lot of times we don't think about it. It's like, we're just gonna go out there. We're just gonna do it. And that's not what it really takes you have to actually practice this thing i'll I'll go to open mic Mm -hmm. i'll do any type of performance i'll do a street performance if i got to
0: so that's like that passion is there and it's real i mentioned in the bio that you're a public speaker who's your audience or what is your subject matter as a public speaker
1: i had been doing content creation a lot i work with the organization who does Faith and being LGBTQ, Pride in the Pews is actually part of how I saw this podcast, mm. to even like notice what was going on, the great work that you are doing. um, Amazing. Keep it up.
0: Thank you.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. I just lost my train of thought. Because uh, <laughs> I just got like excited about your work and what you do. Oh, wow. Yes. I do like courses where I teach people how to do what I do, basically, as far as like mixing is concerned. How do they fix their vocals and many things as far as that's concerned also like just motivational public speaking and i just speak at events a lot of the times i'll do like be the mc or host the event things of that nature
0: that's again reinforcing what you said earlier you know you're learning the business of it you're learning the technicalities all the things that you as an artist can go into a situation and say yeah let's tweak this this way or even with like you said motivation Uh, I know for me even with interviewing nerves is a part of it (laughs) yeah and that's okay
1: nerves always pop out nerves are always going to be like something that you just have to get past practice really helps with that practice helps with everything
0: When you're not making music or entertaining audiences, how do you relax? How do you unwind?
1: I didn't used to be an avid TV watcher. I I started to watch a lot of like older series. Right now I'm watching the game. When I watch it, sometimes I'm going to pull out something that they did and it's going to make me write something about it. I'm going to go write a song when I get done. Or when I'm writing, I'm making a song or I'm freestyling. I'm going to come up with something, a relationship problem they were having. I listen to music, sometimes do puzzles and I read the dictionary. I uh, read books. Most of my time is though spent
0: making music, though for real. It's the drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I really like your energy. I have to say that.
1: Thank you so much. Thank yeah, you. Yeah,
0: so I really do. Yeah, I thank you so much for joining me. You know, on this platform, and I was talking to my aunt yesterday in Arizona, and. I'm learning so much from doing this myself and thank you for the kudos. But, you know, when I'm talking to people, first of all, my heart just swells with all this joy, all this black LGBTQ plus individuals that I'm coming in contact with who are just being themselves and, you know, you're celebrating who you are and and standing in your truth, not just in your personal life and your professional life. So I thank you again for reaching out
1: when I see work that I appreciate, I, I want to get involved. I want to connect with people because connections are more important than work ethic.
0: Mm, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm learning that. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. Any final thoughts or comments?
1: I'm so glad that you had me today. Thank you so much for your time. I really look forward to seeing what more that you do and and being in further connection.
0: I'm definitely going to stay in contact, and I'm going to share your content wherever I can. And speaking of, can you share with us where we can find you online?
1: Definitely. I have a website that is zsage.org, Z-S-A-J.org, and then you can find me on social media. Really find me on any streaming platform at s a j, and then if you want to go on Instagram, Z-S-A-J underscore, and
0: Thank you for spending time with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate, comment, and subscribe. Share with your friends too. You can also follow us on Instagram at our Black Gay Diaspora and on Twitter at BLK Gay Diaspora. Until next time.